how you doing, church? Come on. Let's give God a great big hand. Come on. I'm really excited about today. Wow. Come on. Wow, so glad you're here today. Hey, if I um, haven't had an opportunity to introduce myself, my name's Rick, and I'm your tour guide for the day. <laughs> and we're going to take a tour, and I'm going to lead you on a tour of what it means to be a follower of Jesus Christ. Because here at Bridge City Church, we're really amped about that. And I'm the lead pastor here. We're one church in four locations. And today, I get the opportunity to be here in White Oak with you. And I am so excited. How many of y'all excited today? Come on. And wow, we, um, I know that many of you came. Uh, there's about 14 people getting uh, water baptized here in just a little bit. And I know many of you didn't come to hear me, but you get me as no extra cost. Come on, somebody. So come on. There we go. Hey, um, we're in the middle of a series here at Bridge City Church. We asked um, well over 700 people to submit questions they had about the Bible or their faith. And uh, man, we got a lot, a lot of responses, a whole bunch of responses. And uh, thank you, everybody, for giving those. And I poured through them and kind of like dissected them and looked at what categories they fell in. There was a lot of them. I mean, one question, like, why doesn't God just kill Satan? I've thought of that. Yeah, that would seem to me like it would take care of a lot of problems, just a thought. But hey, there were a lot of questions revolving around what it means to be a follower of Jesus on a day-to-day -day basis. How do we live for Jesus on a day-by-day -day basis? Because I, we, I have struggles, and there are a lot of questions about struggling with our faith or not knowing what to do or how to do it, and how are we different from the world in, in, in which we live? And I thought they were really valid questions. So, so we put them all together here, and I believe that, that today that I'm going to help you as your tour guide, help you understand a lot of, a lot of those answers. My, see, it all started for me 42 years ago. Now, how many of you are under 42 in the room today? Okay, put your hands down. <laughs> 42 years ago, I met Jesus Christ in a really real way. I was going into my uh, junior year of high school at Penn Trafford High School right here, and uh, real local here. And uh, man, when I met Jesus, um, one of the biggest things to me was, when I met Jesus was, um, I grew up in a, in a Catholic faith. And I grew up thinking, like, when I die and go before God, there's, like, this, this scale. He's going to put all the good things I did and the bad things I did. And if that, in, in, in that moment, if my good things outweighed my bad things, I, I, he'd let me in. Yeah. But then there was this verse in the Bible, 1 John 5, 13, that said, these things are written, and this is, I'm holding up a Bible right here. These things are written that you may know you have eternal life. And I was like, what? I was like, I can know for certain that I have eternal life? Yeah. And then, after I became a follower, I started reading this book, and this book was just like so fascinating to me. And matter of fact, it was so wonderful that there were a group of us in high school that we all met Jesus at the same time. Oh, we believed in God, but I mean, we met him. He became the forgiver of our past and the leader to our future. And we would go, we would go early to school, believe it or not. 
And we would sit in the hallway before homeroom, and we would just open our Bible on the floor and just sit on the floor and talk about the Bible and talk about it. It was just so awesome. As a matter of fact, there's so many people started gathering around. The principal came and says, you can't keep this up. So he gave us a room to meet in in the back. He says, you guys can do whatever you want in this room. I says, come on, somebody. So we just would meet every morning, and we would just open the Bible, and it was just so much fun because it started to make sense. But most of all, my life began to have a purpose beyond me. Beyond me, my life had a purpose, and that is what I believe each and every one of us in this room are really longing for. Am I in the right place today? Come on, so, so we're going to launch. So what about this Bible? So we're going to read a couple verses to you out of the Bible in what we call the New Testament, the last basically one-third of the Bible. The Apostle Paul is writing a letter to a young pastor, uh, T Timothy here, and, and he, he writes these words here. He says, all Scripture. How much of Scripture? So that means like the, the, the Bible, all the Bible is breathed out by God, and it's profitable. Oh, my goodness, it's useful. It's useful to teach us what is true and make us realize what is wrong. It corrects us when we are wrong and teaches us to do what is right. God uses it to prepare and equip his people for every good work. How many of y'all would like to do some good works? See, I'm not doing good works to earn my way into heaven. That's been decided for me. I'm doing them as a result of the great work that God's doing in my life. And I'm pretty excited about that. So let's look at some of these words here, what the Bible actually does. The first thing it do does is it teaches us. That's right, it teaches us. It teaches me lifestyle applications. That means it gives me application for my everyday life. The, the Bible is still very, very, we use this word relevant. The Bible was one of the most relevant, pertinent books ever written. It's standing all the test of time here. It, it gives me a faith. And after all, didn't we all come here today to grow in our faith? Right. Yeah. It, it, it gives me correction. Now, correction sounds like a harsh word. But really what that means, it means that, how, how many of you ever had a crooked way to go? How many of you have been on a, on a, on a windy road? Yep. How many of y'all, has anybody ever told you to straighten up? <laughs> yeah. When, before, I, before I became a follower of Jesus, I heard that a lot, just for the record. Yeah. But what it really means, it means to make straight. It means to restore to the proper condition. So awesome. And it trains us. That means to reach our full potential in maturity. And then it equips us. It makes suitable for use. The Bible is just such a great, great, great book. It's just so awesome. It does all this. So, so today, some of you just came to see some people get baptized, or some of you were just wondering about faith. And look, you didn't know you were going to get all that. Come on, these are free add-ons. That's what they are. These are free add-ons you can, you can get right here. So, so awesome here. It's so, so good. So, so here's the big idea. Here's the big idea. The big idea is this. The big idea is that fully devoted followers of Jesus Christ, fully devoted, will grow as we continue to have a faith that seeks understanding by doing three things. So we 
at Bridge City Church when we're making decisions, when we're helping one another live for Jesus on a, on a day-by-day basis, we do these three things. This is what we do. Whenever we have a decision to make, whenever we're not sure what to do, whenever we're deciding, you know, making difficult decisions, trying to, trying to know what God wants of our lives, this is what we do here. We start with Scripture, and then we strive to be teachable, and then we submit to the Holy Spirit. I know this last one sounds a little like, well, I'm not sure about that one. But the first one, we're going to start with Scripture, strive to be teachable, and that means we can't say that we know everything. And then I'm going to submit to the Holy Spirit because God gave us a helper in the Holy Spirit. So, hey, can you help me out? We're going to say these three things together. Can you can all see them right here? Uh, let's say them real loud. Here we go. Starting with Scripture, striving, submitting, Hey, if you get nothing else out of this, this is how we make decisions. This is how we do what we do for Christ here. This is how we do it. So so how do we live for Jesus on a day-by-day basis? Because I'm going to tell you this. Sometimes in my life, there's challenges. Just because I'm a follower of Jesus does not make everything perfect. Yeah. Come on. There are challenges here. Yeah. And so, so, so we, we, we learn through this process here. So how do we make decisions when, when we're tempted to do certain things and, and not tempted for others and we have this struggle, we have this challenge going on here? So we're going to start, and I want to explain to you something today as your tour guide in this tour. We're going to start, we started with the Word of God, Scripture, but what is this thing called Salvation. What is this thing called salvation? Has you, have you ever heard of somebody say, you know, how you doing? And they say, I'm saved. Have you ever heard somebody say that? I'm saved. You know, and if they're really holy, I'm saved, sanctified, filled with the Holy Ghost. Yeah. Let me just start later. You know, do you know what I'd do if I wasn't saved? I would get saved. That's what I would do. I'm telling you that right now. And I'm going to tell you why right now. I'm going to tell you why. Because salvation is such an awesome, awesome thing here. So salvation is a temporal and physical deliverance that brings an eternal and spiritual deliverance. It means that I do not have to pay for my sin, that, that Jesus Christ did that on the cross by his death, burial, and resurrection. And when all the songs we were singing today are all about that. I don't know if you know this or not, but like we're really excited about that. Right. Yeah, we're really excited. And so salvation, it includes forgiveness and healing and deliverance and safety and rescue. It means I've been delivered from eternal damnation because we believe at Bridge City Church in a real heaven and a real hell. And once you do, game changer, Game changer because now I've been saved from eternal damnation, but it gets better. I've not only been saved from eternal damnation, I've been saved from myself in the here and now. That's right. Yeah, come on. I've been saved from all all of my bad decisions, all of my messed up thinking. Come on, somebody. Anybody here? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I've been saved from all those because God gives me a new way to think. He gives me a new way to live. 
I enter the kingdom of heaven. This word salvation is used 45 times in the Bible here. And so this is what we call the bridge to life. We're Bridge City Church, and the bridge to life is a big deal. Come on, somebody. Let's take a look at this together here. This is the bridge to life here. Here it is. God, God created us in his image. We were created by God and for God. But unfortunately, God created us this way, but we're over here, and there's this big gap in between us, and that's called sin. But thank God in Romans 5, verse 8, it states that while we were still sinners, God sent Jesus to die for us. Isn't that pretty cool? Before you did anything to deserve it, he sent Jesus to, 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 to die for you. I think that's pretty cool. Come on. And so, and so yeah, so, so we have this thing, sin has separated us. And here, all have sinned and all have fallen short of the glory of God. As a matter of fact, if you take a picture of this right now, you can share it with people at work this week. I mean, you could share it with people at work this week. Come on. I'm serious. You could take a picture of this, and you could say, oh, let me tell you this. That you, you, when, you, when they say, how are you doing today? And you can say, save, sanctify. No, don't say that. Just say, I'm doing good. Let me tell you why. Let me tell you why. You can, you can share this with people. You can memorize these verses. My goodness, if I could, when I graduated high school, had an Eighth grade education. I was reading at the eighth grade level. That's as high as I ever got. Never read a book all the way through high school. I'm very convinced they just, they just graduated me like, get, keep going. That's all they wanted, like keep going. And, and I was a good kid. Come on, somebody. And um, so we all sin, but Jesus came to bridge the gap between us and God. This is where it gets good. Because he gave his life. See, the wages of sin are death. The pension plan for sin is death forever. I don't want that pension plan. Yeah, but if we confess with our mouth and believe in our heart, Jesus is the forgiver of my past and leader to my future, come on, we get, we get a free gift. And who doesn't like free gifts? It's better than any bobblehead you'll ever get at the stadium. Come on. Come on. It's a free gift. But Christ died once and for all, and we cross this. And if you're wondering what freedom looks like, because people that are followers of Jesus, this is what freedom looks like. This is what freedom is. I'm just going to live the rest of my life as a big old thank you to God. Not because I'm special, but because Jesus did. He did the heavy lifting. And we, we just love that. We love singing about him, and, and we love all these things here. This is it. So the power of the cross. So people will ask a common question. What do I do with all the regret of my past, the shame of my past? I know in a, in a group like this, there's a lot of things that sometimes we, that were done to us or done by us that we're shameful of. We have regrets. And it's easy to cross this bridge but still feel like you have regrets. But I want to tell you this. Spiritually, when you cross that bridge, he creates a new person out of you. Now, emotionally, we have to learn how to get healed. But it's our emotions that are the problem, not our spirit that's the problem. 
See, this, that's, that, that's what the, the, this is here. See, that's what the, the issue is. So it's the power of the cross. The power of this cross is still relevant today. And it's exciting. It sets, it sets people free. The Bible's not a book of, of restrictions. It's a book of freedom. Come on. See, many people, many people want peace. But in Isaiah chapter 9, verse 6, states that Jesus is the Prince of Peace. Say that with me. Prince of Peace. See, many people want peace, but they don't want the prince. And that word prince means he's in charge. That means he calls the shots. That means he is what we use this fancy word. Um, we, we use the word Lord. But we, we don't really use that term in, in, in our culture right now. But really that means he's in charge. But, it, but the way to get real peace is through the prince, through Jesus Christ. Do you know what the difference is between people that are happy and unhappy? It's the cross of Jesus Christ. See, he doesn't always change all my circumstances, but my perspective has changed. See, my perspective has changed. And this book is not a self-help book. This is a Jesus help me book. See, if you're looking for a little bit of self-help, you came to the wrong place. Because self-help is like going to the same person who got you in that mess in the first place. And the person who got you in that mess in the first place can't get you out of that mess. Jesus can with a new way to think, with a new way to act, with a new way to live our lives. He's in charge. So, so here we are as followers. We cross this bridge, and now we get to enter a process, a process called sanctification. Sanctification. Oh, this is a great process. Oh, my goodness. Um, here, let me, read, um, let me read to you some stuff. This is a Bible, and it's just so cool. Jesus' words in John chapter 17, it's Jesus' prayer. So if you want to see the Lord's prayer, read John chapter 17. It's in the New Testament. Like I said, the New Testament is about the last third of the Bible. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. That's where they are there. In 17 here, 17, uh, 17, make them holy. This is Jesus praying for future followers. Make them holy by your truth. Teach them your word, which is truth. So he takes us who weren't holy, and he makes us holy, and he puts us in a process so that we can be holy. See, when you are a follower of Jesus Christ, we go from being far from God, and he turns us into saints. See, many of us grew up, and saints were just like dead people. They were a bunch of dead people. You either had a coin or a little thing around your neck, or you, you hung a saint in your car and a saint for your motorcycle, and you had all kinds of saints. But when we get sanctified, we all get set apart in, in, because God puts us in a process by which we're set apart. We're set apart for God from evil use to be wholly used by him. It's to make holy, purify, co consecrate. So if you're a follower of Jesus, Jesus Christ, you're a saint. Somebody, see, that's contrary to our thinking because we know how screwed up we are. Right? See, it would take God to think of this. This proves that God doesn't think like you do. He takes imperfect, 
people like you and me, and he, he washes us, cleans us up, and he turns us into something great. So here's, here's a really, really good part. Let's look at this next one, sanctification here. I'm going to oversimplify for you. Oversimplify. Set apart from, set apart for. Come on, let's say, say, this, say this with me real loud. Here we go. Set apart from, set apart for. Okay. So here's what sanctification is. It's the process by which we go. It's, over, it's used over 30 times in the New Testament. 30 times. 30 times. It's all over the place. And, and, and it says, okay, we're going to be set apart from the world. But it gets better. We're set apart for God. See, this, part, this sanctification process is where it gets good. This is where the Word of God, we get to be like the Word of God. Like, okay, what's the Bible say about this? What's the Bible say about that? How, what's the Bible going to say? See, when I, when I met Jesus in the late 1900s, how many of y'all remember the late 1900s? I see those hands. I see those hands. Come on. Yeah. In the late 1900s, it's scary, but that's a true statement. That's what's kind of like. We were very, very focused on being separate from the world. No, I'm serious. Like, like we, we just, you, you, you read it, and when we read something in the Bible, we were going to do it. We said, talk, talk to us. Uh, um, talk to your friends about Jesus. It's like every friend's going to hear about Jesus. We just took it serious. But separate from the world was a big deal. As a matter of fact, um, when I became a follower of Jesus, I had all these old record albums, like big CDs. You don't even know what that is. Thank you very much. Thank you. How many of you don't even know what a CD Put those hands down. Don't even... Those big vinyl records, they're making a comeback now. Yeah. See, it's going to come back around. Come on, somebody. Yeah. And so, so I had a whole bunch of secular records. But like, read, like, you got to be separate from the world. So my dad, we went up to the gun club. And he threw him up in the air, and I shot him with a shotgun. <laughs> and there was a guy standing there. He was like, I'll... I'll give you $5 each for him. You have to remember, $5 was a lot of money in the late 1900s. Come on. And he was like, I'll give you $5 each. And he was like, I'll pay you for him. I'm like, no. They're evil. And pew. I threw up another one. But that's it. But see, we took it serious. See, anything at all pertaining to the world... We didn't want anything to do with it. But now, our culture and society has kind of changed. And what we've changed is we're all focused in Jesus' church, big C church, the big deal. I'm set apart for God. I'm set apart for God. I'm set apart for God. God loves me. God loves me. God loves me, which is true, true, true. He loves you so much that he sent his only son to die on the cross for you so that we would not perish but that we could have eternal life. 
But see, now things have switched and they've, they've changed. And so if we do either one of these too much now in our lives as followers, we're out of balance, out of tension, I should say. So there's still a tension that we want to be separate from the world, but I want to be, use, I want to be useful to God and be loved. Unfortunately, we've turned things into right now in our culture, even in, in Jesus' church. See, we used to think, I, I, I want to stay away from anything that even uh, looks like evil. But now, it's cooler to say, how close can I get to the edge and not get burned? How close can I get to evil and still kind of keep my kingdom of heaven focus? Okay, that's the, that's the deal. Like, how close can I get? So, so we're we're kind of like creeping. Like, okay, is this close enough? See, I want to be just. A, I want to be accepted by the world. I want to let you know when you're a follower of Jesus Christ, not everybody's going to accept you because you have a different rule book now. I'm just I'm just letting you know. See, it, see, we're trying to get close. That my my wife Natalie's in in, in the front row right here, and um. We have a great marriage, but how do you think she would feel if I said, I says, hey, um, I want to see how close I can get to other women over here. How do you think that born again new woman who used to be an Italian One hundred percent Italian. See, I said used to be because she's 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 a new woman. Italian's way down the list now. I'm speaking that into existence right now. See, how 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 do you think she would feel if I said, "Oh, I just want to get to see how close I can get to the world"? Do you think she'd be okay with that? So why do we think God is? See, why do we think God's okay with, okay, blend in, don't make waves, everything's cool? No, it, it, it doesn't work. So we have to learn how to do this and not be weird. Because there's a way to be different than the world and not be weird. How about we just be confident? This is what the Word of God says. I, I hope you, I don't like everything that's in the book. But I didn't, I didn't write it. It was God wrote it. But he wrote it for me to learn how to be a follower of Jesus. And my marriage is better. Uh, I, my whole life is better. My finances are better. Everything about my life is better as a result of that, as a result of this sanctification from, the, from, from my past here. So here it is, God's word. Now, Jesus said, you'll be set apart by his word. So let's look at this. Let's look. We read it, we study it, and we memorize it. Now, why do I say memorize God's word? Because when Jesus was confronted with temptation, he used the word of God. And if it's good enough for Jesus, it's, there, you're tracking. No, I'm serious. So, so we just, we just whatever Jesus said, like, hey, I think most of our struggles, most of our things that we're going through in life would be settled if we just said, what does God's word say about this? 
So when the devil, when you get thoughts in your mind, you're no good, that, those people, that whole church, that Bridge City Church, they're all full of perfect people. They don't have any problems. That You're the only one there that doesn't have any problems. How many of you ever thought that? Yeah. I'll just stick around. No, 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 no. We have peace in the midst of. He teaches me through. But it's the word of God. I, I read it, and it's just, it's just this love letter. It's so packed. It's so full. It's so awesome. See, so we become followers, and we, we learn what it means to be set apart from the world. We set apart for God. He gives us a use. He gave me a purpose. I have a purpose now. Let me just say, let me just say, see, when you're a follower of Jesus, and you sin, I mean, you sin, bad thoughts, bad actions, it should bother you. When it no longer bothers you, that's when there's a problem. Well, God, God just seems like a killjoy. I mean, because all my old thoughts that I used to like, you don't like him. I feel bad about him. No, he wants to give you freedom. 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 That's the awesome, awesome part of this. So that's why we're doing this thing called Growth Track in, in a couple weeks. And I want all of you all to come. All y'all to come to our North Braddock campus on May 21st, Sunday night, 5 to 8. And we're going to help you learn what the Word of God says. So we want to help you mature in Christ. We want to help your faith. So you're going you're gonna to take this QR code and you're going to get signed up. And if you have kids, we're going to watch your kids. We're even going to feed you physically, not just spiritually. And it's going to be good. So why? Because we want to help you. We want to help you grow. That's why it's called Wow, imagine that. Yeah. See, it's, it, that, that's what we want to do. We want to be able to help you do this. Most of the issues that I read in all of the questions, tons of questions. As a matter of fact, the second highest number of questions that were asked was about Revelation, the end times. Revelation and the end times. And um, th that's next week. So you've got to come back for that one. Okay, you got to come back. Okay, this week it's about all of those questions about how do I wrestle, how do I live in a, in a world that's corrupt for God, and, 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 and this is the tension that we're living in. This is what we're doing here. We're going to do it this way here. So how are we made holy? How are we made holy? Now, this first one here, washing of the blood, sounds really religious, if you're new to, to, to Jesus, you're new to his church, and you hear this washing in the blood, I know what you're thinking. I have no idea what these people are about, but I don't want washed in anybody's blood. I'm just, I know what you're thinking. I get it. But I wrote it this way because Jesus is Christ, the blood that was shed for you and me, it washes us clean. See, when I stand before God, I'm going to have no other thing to say except for Jesus Christ was the forgiver of my past because of his blood that was shed. And now he's the leader of my future because he rose from the dead and he, he was raised to life. So that's what that means. So how are we made holy? By remembering what that is. And then the word of God. This already said it, the word of God. The word of God is our standard. 
And then the work of the Holy Spirit. If we ask God for help, he's going to give it to us. It's a work. I'm going to read this verse to you in just a couple minutes. And then with others. And this is why at Bridge City Church, why we do small groups. We have groups that get together and read the Bible. We, get, we have groups who we get together and, and we value God's word. We revere God's word because it's life and it's freedom and it's fun. Yeah, that's what this is all about. So these verses in, 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 in 1 Corinthians, man, just listen to this. Just, just listen. Wow. Don't you realize that those who do wrong will not inherit the kingdom of God? Don't fool yourselves. Those who indulge in sexual sin, who worship idols, commit adultery, prostitutes, or practice homosexuality, or are thieves, or are greedy, or drunkards, or abusive, or cheat people, none of these will inherit the kingdom of God. Okay? So, so there's these things listed in saying if you want the fullness of God, Nah, we gotta, we're gonna, we're gonna have to work through these things, right? Because these are contrary to our minds. We've been doing what we want. But this is what happens. Get this. This is where it gets good. Verse 11. Some of you were, were, were once like that. When you cross that bridge and you enter sanctification, God doesn't see it, see you that way anymore. See, He doesn't think like you think. Somebody say, thank God. Yeah. Yeah. Some of you were once like that, but you were cleansed. You were made holy. You were made right with God by calling on the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Yeah. Were. You know what God wants to do with many people in this room today? He wants to make a were out of you. No longer identified with sin, corruption, guilt, shame, pain. God's offering you an opportunity to not just acknowledge the songs that we sang earlier, but to sing them from your heart and say, this is pretty cool. Yeah. Okay. Is this helpful to you today? How many of y'all learned something today? Come on, somebody. Yeah. Yeah. There's one question that many people ask. Well, two people in our survey. But many people always ask this. This is the question. Can you lose your salvation? Can you lose your salvation? Like, can I pray this prayer and then lose it? Well, if you really prayed that prayer and you really switched places with God, He's in charge now, and you've asked Him to come into your heart, say, God, make a new person out of me, Listen, I don't believe we can, like, where's my car keys? Where's my, anybody see my cell phone? Where's my cell phone? I know it's here. I had my salvation a second ago. I know it. I'm going to get an app called Salvation Finder. No, see, see, many people, can you lose it? in the sense of just drop it somewhere. No, I don't believe you can just drop it and forget. 
The fact that sin still bothers you, the fact that you know there's a God in heaven, is Him wooing you back to Himself. Now, there's a different question here. That means, can you just pray this prayer and you're going to be fine for heaven? I believe really what's at stake is when you stand before God, what kind of an account do you want to give? That's the bigger question. If you can confess with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, I believe you can unconfess. That's my, my personal belief. I believe you can say no. I believe you can, you can ascribe yourself to the devil. I believe that's a small amount of people. I believe most of people are just like you and me, struggling to figure out what it means to be a follower of Jesus Christ. Is that, am I in the right place? I'm just struggling to know him on a day-by-day basis. Hey, if anything that I said was helpful for you today, would you just stand to your feet? I'm going to pray for you. Anything at all that was helpful for you, you say, wow, this was helpful to me today. Lord God, I pray for every person standing right now. God, I pray, Father, for the, um, God, thank you for bringing us here today. Thank you for teaching us stuff, Lord. But I pray, Father, that each and every person in this room that's standing up right now would not leave here the same way they came in, but that we would leave here differently because of your word and your spirit and your grace on our lives, Lord God. Let us be a people that, that, that start with Scripture, strive to be teachable, submit to the Holy Spirit. And just right now in this moment, I believe there's many people here today, many people that you you don't have a date, a moment, or time where Jesus Christ became the forgiver of your past and the leader to your future. I want to offer you to cross the bridge again. I want to offer you an opportunity to cross this bridge, the cross of Jesus Christ. That's right, you were created by God and for God. But sin came in. Some sins you did, some sins were done to you. And you were far away, because we all have, And Jesus is here today to meet you in a real way. So the question is, are you going to cross that bridge by confessing with your mouth and believing in your heart? Jesus is the only way. If that's you today, just right in this moment, right now, I believe that's why you came here today. And that's why God put Bridge City Church on this planet. So if that's you right now, I just want you to do something just really simple, but very serious. Hey, would you just slip up your hand so I can pray for you? Just say, Pastor, that's me today. Pastor, that's me today. Thank you. Anybody else? Come on. Come on, anybody else here? Just come on. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Just keep it up there. Just keep it up.